When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Andrew Luck was the number one draft pick in the National Football League last year. He was hired to replace one of his heroes, Peyton Manning, as quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. The hype about Luck was enormous, and many doubted that the Stanford graduate could live up to it. But Luck delivered, setting a new NFL record for the most passing yards by any rookie. Luck also led his team to 11 victories and a spot in the playoffs. This was a team that won just two games the year before Luck arrived. Andrew Luck, a self-described nerd, is nothing if not level-headed when he talks about the transitions from high school to college to pro football. There are definitely large differences along the way, but, but I also know a lot of the challenges are the same. I think fresh on my mind still, you know, finishing a rookie year, you know, what, what, what was similar about rookie year to being a sophomore in high school and starting on varsity, you know, once to, to, to being in college and starting as a sophomore as well. I think, you know, the same things present itself. How as a young kid, you know, how as a 15-year-old kid do you play with 18-year-olds? How, how as a 19-year-old kid do you play with 22-year-olds? Is that what you did? And, yeah, and how was a how, 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 how was it? And it, and it, it it's weird, you know, you want me, what, what do you remember about high school ball? I, I just wanted to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you were in Houston. In, in Houston, which they do have like a, somewhat of a religious cult following, you know, of, of high school football in Texas. It is Friday Night Lights there. It, it, it truly is. And, you know, it's sensationalized a bit with the movies and the, and the books. But uh, people get into it. I mean, we had, we, we had 15,000 people watching games you know, for, for, for a bunch of high, high school, school kids. Yeah. But, but I do remember, you know, being a rookie, thinking back to, you know, being a sophomore, like, how, how do you, how do you – earn the respect of the guys older than you. You know, how do you, how do you go in there and, 
So would you say that's a theme each step of the way for you is proving yourself to people who, when you show up, the vets are there or the guys who have a few more seasons under their belt, and you want to show them you belong there? No, absolutely. I think... uh, Describe what it was like when you went from Houston to Stanford. Same thing. Uh, you know, one, it's, it's, it, was, it was fun for me to be out in California. And, and you were a scholar. Vibe. You did very well in school. I, I, I did all right. I managed to get by. Uh, I studied architecture, which was fun for me, and I, which I enjoyed, which you know, I'm much better, I think, on projects than writing papers. You know? So, so I, I'm glad I st- studied something I enjoyed. But uh, Do you think that that kind of pursuit academically, like something that involves uh, geometry and math and so forth and measurements helped you as a quarterback? I don't know. People have asked me to compare the two. And I, you know, I, it can't hurt, but I, you know, I, realistically, how much could, could solid a math problem help at a football game? It might be just intrinsic how you just see things. You know? When uh, that guy's going deep is. over the middle, maybe you're sitting there going, this, is, <laughs> this looks like the Louvre to me. <laughs> and then when you went to Stanford, what was that like? You showed up there. When you talk about that idea of showing up and proving yourself, yeah. what was it like for you? It, it was great. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of great people at Stanford. Everybody has got such an amazing story. You know, you're you're meeting princes and princesses of royal families from mid- the Middle East. You you know, you got classmates that are inventing. You know, apps and and and, and doing all these great engineering it's a things. Environment there. The yeah, it is, and it really they they cultivate an environment of creating great things and, and people, I think. And so I think, you know, as a, as a football team, we wanted to be up there as well in the, in the athletic world. Now you showed up there your freshman year. What was your first year like? Uh, first year was great. Didn't play, redshirted, which was, which, was, which was difficult. Describe for people exactly how redshirting works. Yeah, so redshirting is a process where, you know, you, you go to school and everybody has four years of eligibility to play. Right. Uh, but you, you can redshirt a year, which doesn't take away your eligibility, uh, in one of those years, and it, but but you, you still practice with the team. You still do everything with the team. You're just not allowed to play in a game. So it's theoretically, you can so redshirt buys you year, another year. Yeah, and then you go to school for you know be in school for five years. So it gives you a year to. And you redshirted your first year. I redshirted my first year. To, Why? To, uh, I wasn't ready to play, right. uh, and uh, I needed to get bigger, faster, stronger. You know, physically wise, and also mentally, just catch up to the. So when to you the game. come to a school like that, when they take you there, mm-hmm. and they and they they recruited you, correct? Yes, they did. And when they recruit you to come, they recruit you. The, the redshirt thing was something they had in mind. So at that level, at the Stanford level, they have you come and they say, "We're going to bring you here, and we're just going to develop you for the first year." Yeah, the, the, you know, and some guys in my class were, were good enough to play, you know, as freshmen. But but I know in my recruiting process that that was a thought that came up. They wanted you to muscle up and get stronger. Yeah, and and, and, and mentally too. I think mentally right. catch up to to a playbook, having to learn that, and you know, the, the game is faster in college than it is than it is in high school. So it, it, it definitely helped, and, and I enjoyed it. I know what was that experience like? Because someone said that to me once. They said that, you know, you go from high school and you're a dominant player in yeah. high school, then you go to college and you're in a room full of high school dominant <laughs> players. Yeah, it's... Uh, was it really kind of uh, uh, awe-inspiring to you to see that everybody was faster and stronger? It's humbling. It's humbling. <laughs> I'll say that. Well, you get knocked off your high horse very, very quickly. True. Everybody's an all-star. You go from being, the, you know, the, the, the top dogs, probably yeah. starting on every... You're the king at every home. Yeah, and everything you've ever played in, the cheerleaders want to date you. You know, yeah. everybody... You go to college and you're just a now you're just carrying a, somebody you're else's trouble. bags. <laughs> exactly. So you redshirt that year and then you come back the second year, and I'm assuming you were stronger and you had developed mm-hmm. and did you, and you felt better. You felt stronger. No, I think I put on like 20, 25 pounds. You know, uh, and, and, and my mind was working much quicker when it you know on the right. football side of things. You were getting and, ready, getting ready. And, and what and, happens in that second year? Uh, Coach Harbaugh, who's 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 coaching the game, Jim. He gave me a shot. Uh, managed to. 
to roll with it. Got got to play in all their games. I got hurt in the last game of the season and missed missed out on our bowl game. We had a we had a great running back that year, Toby Gerhart, who's backing Adrian Peterson up in Minnesota right now. Did you get smacked around a lot? I mean, you're playing football at Stanford. What was that like for you? The, that threat every day. And is it pure adrenaline where you say to yourself, I can't think about that. I can't afford to think about that. Or every minute you're out there, do you think, these guys, man, they really, if they hit me, it's really going to hurt my tail. <laughs> no, I think you, you, can't, you can't let yourself think about you getting hit. Up. You have to. I think as soon as you start getting skittish about, about yeah. being hit, then, then your play is going to plummet. Yeah. There's a little bit of pride involved in it, too, I think, as a football player, at least, at least in my mind. I sort of enjoy getting hit every now and then and, and being able to stand back up yeah. and say, okay, you hit me, whatever, man. You know, yeah. I'm getting back up. It's, you didn't knock me down, yeah. Ray, <laughs> yeah. as they say in Raging Bull. <laughs> you didn't get me down, Ray. So, so there, I, think, I think for a lot of players, there's a, there's a bit of that. What did Harbaugh uh, give you as a coach? What would you say distinguished him as a coach? I think, yeah, he builds great relationships with players, everybody on the staff, and, and, he, and he's, a, he's an unbelievable motivator, you know. Uh, and, and, and I think he does it, and, and he feels guys, he feel, you know, he senses, you know, what's going to motivate them. And I think he, and he, and he does a great job of, 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 of using different ways to motivate different guys. Uh, he always... On game day, you always felt like you know the guy was gonna, you know, run through hell and back with you if you had to. You right. felt like he had your back. You trusted you, oh, him. If you wanted to be in a brawl in, a, in an alley, you wanted you wanted Coach Harbaugh with you. He was very now, when you went into the pros, because I want to come back to when when uh, you finished Stanford in a, in a minute. But when you were in the pros, Pagano was very sick. Yeah, and that was uh, a, a big thing in the NFL. That's a big story this year. You know, <laughs> no, what, what was that like for you with you when you found out your coach? Uh, was uh, seriously, seriously ill. Yeah, it was. It was a, a little bit of an unprecedented situation. I think when Coach Pagano went down uh, in week three, maybe. Uh, had you seen it coming? No, no clue. So everybody kept it quiet. Yeah, the we team, had no clue. Didn't know. No, we didn't know. We, you know, we we had our, we had our we played a game. We had a bye weekend or, or an early week, so you know we were off for the weekend. Uh, we came back, you know, expecting to see Coach Pagano there. Find out. You know, doc, there's a there's a doctor from from IU Health uh, and, and and our offensive coordinator who called the plays sent up there telling us you know Coach Pagano's sick you know seriously sick you know with leukemia and uh, we'll you know see how it goes and it was it was, it was an odd it was, it was tough too you know tough but but we were lucky we had a lot of good coaches rally you know rally us we managed to win a couple games you know when when he was out and. Uh, I know. I know. As as players, we felt like, you know, if we can just win win this game, maybe it'll give Coach Pagano something to be happy about. This so week. there was, yeah, a, yeah, there is. I think, and, and we didn't say that at the time because right. I don't think we wanted to to admit. You that didn't much want it to become Brian's yeah, song. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. We, we, I don't think we wanted to sensationalize. Course, you know, I don't want to make it yeah. something that's not. But well, speaking of sensationalizing, so you get to to, to uh, you 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 finish out Stanford. How does what's it like when you leave Stanford? Because you you were you you. Yeah. You redshirted your first year, then mm-hmm. played, four, and you finished at Stanford. Yeah, I, I played. You didn't leave. Three years. So I, so I graduated. I, I had graduate. one year of eligibility left, and, but. And, you did, and it was time to go. It was time to How go. How did you know it was time to go? Uh, you know, my degree. I, I got you my had, degree. Exactly. It really yeah. didn't make any sense to stay. Yeah, it didn't. I had, a, I had enough fun. And <laughs> then what happened? And then. Uh, Tell me where you're sitting when, the, when you find out what's going on for you NFL wise. How does that develop? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's actually sort of a long process. And I, I was drafted. Before I graduated right. school, so you, you finish your college season. I took a 
we were on the quarter system at Stanford, so I took the winter quarter off to go train and prepare. They, they have a combine. Uh, where? Which, in, in Indianapolis, which, you know, it was funny enough is where I ended up. You know, that's not the Manning Passing Academy. That's not the Manning Passing Academy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a camp in, <laughs> in, 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 in Louisiana, in Thibodeau. Uh, but the combine is it's a, it's a really interesting, weird sort of dynamic where they fly all these players in. They have all the coaches. They have all the team doctors. And it's three days of And like, you're their pick. And Were you not picked yet? Them? Not no, yet? no, no, no. Okay, this it. is before. So this is a chance for all the teams to meet the players, to, to see. So the you combine know, is NFL-wide. It's not just Indy. It's, 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 te- it's, it's league-wide. It's league. All the teams fly into Indy it, with all it. their personnel. They all stay. And then the players sort of cycle through. It's, we're like cattle in a meat market. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you know, walking up on stage with nothing but my little skimpies on. Yeah. And they, they, they announce, you know, Andrew the Victoria's Lark. Secret <laughs> uh, uh, runway <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. If you're, you're, on a, you're on a stage with, with, with strength coaches, head coaches, you know, all these coaches sitting in bleachers around you. They, they, you walk up in the middle, and, and they say, you know, Andrew Luck, Stanford University, you know, 6'4", 235. And guys are there with pads going, I don't like the ratio of his thigh <laughs> muscles to his rib cage. Write that down, Ray. God, I, don't God. Like that, I don't like that rib-thigh ratio. God knows what they're saying up God there. God knows. Yeah, and then you turn around and you, and you walk off. Yeah. That's just one of the, you know, guys where you're getting you know, 100x rays on every part of your body. They, no. They, they move you, you know, your knee this way, your, your so toe like an that astronaut. Way. They have all your medical records, you know, they're going back to, hey, you know, it says here in 2006, I was 16 years old, 2006, you know, you you, you sprained your right ankle. How did you find that out? (laughs) You stole that candy bar from the drugstore next to the movie theater when you were 14. We got that down here, too. They do. I I, I swear. A lot of private detectives working (laughs) do. But which which makes sense because there's so much money invested by these teams and the the players. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so you're there and you you take your clothes off and except for your underwear <laughs> they size you up they you do. turn on you leave what happens next at the combine yeah then you then you go do a bunch of physical you know running a 40 throwing tests and, yeah, a bunch, bunch of physical tests you know a bunch of psychological tests iq tests you know mental health tests you your what's the, what's the what's the quiz they give you now the test oh what's it called the wonderlick the wonderlick the wonderlick do, do that because 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 it's presumed that the playbooks now are so complicated they need people that can literally it put is that together but i but i think some put it together better than others uh, some do and then and then you know some take stock in the wonderlick some don't you know yeah. i think different teams have different ways of evaluating guys so so that was an interesting experience uh then you sort of, then you leave the combine, and, and I had a I had a fairly good sense that I would be drafted number one by Indianapolis, uh, just from the signals I was getting from the team and, and other things, and managed to you know, and then school started again for me. So I leave you go and going back to school and flying and you know visiting teams and draft happens in New York, which is a, which is a which is a pretty neat experience. Describe uh, what happened for you. Uh, I remember walking out. On stage and, and some people applauding and some people booing. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. You, you just NFL fans boo. How did you, you know? feel? I mean, you knew it was going to happen, kind of. It was, I, I it was everybody yeah. let you know that in advance. Everybody, the cat's out of the bag. But when it happens, the moment it happens, did you just feel great? You were number one in the draft that year, man. Yeah, I, I felt on top of the world. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> A little nervous. I didn't want to trip walking out on stage to I shake understand. or hug the commissioner. He's, he's into the, he's into these hugs when you when yeah. you walk on stage. He's glad you're there. You. <laughs> he's going to make a lot of money off you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so so that was fun. I remember I remember having a little a little pin that my mom was trying to you know a little pin that she was trying to pin on my suit, and 
And she was really nervous because it took about two minutes to get, you know, yeah. <laughs> the little pig. I was like, oh, let me go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get on stage. Ma, ma. How did your dad feel? Your dad yeah. was a high school quarterback. He played for West Virginia. He played for the Oilers. Yeah. How did he feel to see you do this? That's a great thing for a dad who's a scholar athlete as well. Yeah. To see his son do that, what did he say to you? I think he was very proud. He just said congratulations. I don't remember specifics, but yeah. he, he didn't talk good much. Day. He just he just kept smiling. You know? yeah. <laughs> he just, you knew. Yeah, he felt good. He, he did, and he, we have a great relationship. It's, it's easier for me having a dad who played in the NFL and and, sure. and, and, and did a lot of the similar. He had a couple seasons where he played, and then he backed up Warren Moon for quite yeah, a while. He did back up Warren. He also backed up Archie Manning his rookie right. year. So we have right. sort of a connection with the Manning, with the Manning. family. Uh, now, as soon as you uh, you the draft is over, I would assume there's a euphoria, but you snap right out of it because like it's down to business now. Yeah, there was a euphoria, and then I wish it would de- would have been down to business. I had to go back to school and finish up, and you try sitting in a lecture, you know, after you've been <laughs> you've been drafted by a team, you have a job, you know where you're going. I, I you're honestly, going, I, I honestly going. don't feel sorry for you because I would, I can't think of anything I'd like more than to go back to Stanford, having been the number one draft in the NFL. So you go back? How long are you back there? Back for maybe a couple more months. To finish that last to finish quarter. What, what time of year is that? This you is, gotta, the draft is when? The draft is like April. Right, and, and, and you so you've got to go back. Was it the summer quarter? It was the spring quarter, and we finished up in mid-June. So there So you were in the quarter, and you went to the draft and came back. Yeah. So in the For midst the of the quarter, yeah, yeah. You, it's draft, come back, yeah. and then you finish, and you're done with Stanford. You get your degree yeah. in architecture. Got it. Yeah, somehow they, they, let, me, they let me pass. <laughs> <laughs> you were good for Stanford. And so now, when do you report? Uh, so we report... Late July was when training camp starts, when, you know, the actual... That's the formal training the camp. The formal training camp. So you camp. show up for your first pro training camp. Now you are in the center ring. It ain't high school. It ain't college. It ain't Big Ten. It ain't the, it's professional football. Yeah. What's that like? I mean, does your ass tighten just a little bit when you're there? I puckered up a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I puckered up a These bit. guys are huge. They are. They are the apex of physical freaks. You know, there, there are some guys that... that are 300 pounds that are running faster, you know, running... Than your high school running back. Yeah, that are just that are just absolutely physical. And, you know, some of the guys, you walk in the longer room, you're, you're playing with 35-year-olds, 36-year-olds, with, with, you know, with three kids and a, and a house and, you know, a bunch of rookies are 22, 23 years old that, you know... Don't know right from left, yeah. uh, so so it's 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 a different dynamic than college where you're sort of well everybody's fraternizing with your yeah with with your your buddies. You're going back to the dorm, you, you know, you're hanging out. And then a fellow, it's different, which makes it fun when you win and come together as a team, you know, because you, you really do have so many different types of guys. And I would imagine that your teammates. I mean, on one hand, people in the pro, like if you go to college, it's assumed. Uh, under under ordinary circumstances, certainly things can change. But under ordinary circumstances, you're going to be there for the four years. Yeah. This is your team. This mm-hmm. is your this is your family. Yeah. But in the pros, where people move on, where the teams yeah. have uh, only uh, their loyalty to the players only extends so far. Yeah. Do you walk in there and people feel you out and you earn your way into that family, or do they treat you like family and everybody coheses right away? No, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in the first day. I will say the guys— People got to get to know you? Yeah, you got to get—you know, I think you, you have personalities come out and, 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 you know, see what meshes. But uh, especially during training camp where you're going to have, uh, you know, 100 guys that are in training camp. And then one day you, you wake up and look and there's only 53 guys left. Yeah. You know? 
Just is, under half yeah, are gone. Yeah, half are gone. And then that's so when there's a tension there. there. There is a little bit. But, but once the, the final cuts are made, which is a, those cut days are very sad days because yeah. you see buddies go, you see guys you've built relationships you know, go. Guys you admired, maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Guys you looked up to, guys that helped you out you know, when you first walked in the door. And then they're gone, and that 53 players, that's when everything starts to cohese? Yeah, I think, I think that's when, that's when you, you come together uh, a little more. But, but still, you know, even guys are traded in the middle of the season. You know, guys are cut still. Guys are picked up. So it's, it is, it's a lot different, you know, to, as to what you said. Uh, than, than the, you know you're going to be in college for four years. You know who's in your class. You know who's, you know, you know, guys on the team. A lot of familiarity. Yes, absolutely. Now, one thing I think about when I think about the NFL is this idea of the biggest, strongest, fastest men hitting each other in this very violent game. Yeah. And the rules have been changed in order to protect players. The equipment has evolved. Obviously, there's a lot of discussion about concussions and so forth over a lot of brain injury research and issues and people donating the brains of their deceased, suicide victims, a lot, a lot of heavy-duty stuff. Yeah. But – I want to ask you, when you go out there, I mean, it's a competitive game and people want to win, but at the same time, guys don't necessarily want to hurt each other the way they yep. wouldn't want to get hurt either. Do, do you find it's a weird balance of those two? Because football is as violent now on one hand as it was before, but because equipment changes and rule changes, yeah. it seemed more violent back then. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think guys are any less aggressive when it, when it comes to hitting. I do sure doesn't think, look that way. No, no, it doesn't. And I think... You know, maybe there's a thought too that all these these equipment changes and 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 you feel safer in it, so so you feel like you can hit harder. But there's also, I think, you know, guys are are being taught, especially at a young age now too, you know, how to tackle correctly to to, to, to save your knee. neck. Yeah, yeah, how to how to, and, and I think there is a mutual respect between players where you know you're not going to try and take out someone's Achilles or ACL, you know. But, but some guys maybe do. I, you know, right. I, don't, I don't know. Some guys play very aggressive, and, and, and things happen. We understand. You know, we know what we sign up for, I think, right. when, you, when you play football. And I, and I like it, and I love it. it. And as a quarterback, you know, I'm 99.99% on the wrong side of the hit. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I don't ever get to, yeah. to dish it out, per se. But, you know, that, that's fine with me. Right. Let, let's talk about quarterbacking. Yeah. Let's talk about what it's like to uh, have that job where I, I played touch football with my friends until I was 40 years old. We played every weekend during a season in the fall in New York, yeah. in Central Park, and then that game moved to Los Angeles because almost all those guys I played with were my uh, uh, colleagues in the entertainment business. And, of course, the difference between a Sandlot game, the difference between a flag game and a bunch of geezers playing football, the difference between high school and college is the speed and the velocity yeah. of the game. And you drop back to pass, and on average, how much time do you have to throw the ball? I think a little, between three and four seconds. So you have that much time? If the play is in going... A, in a perfect world. <laughs> <in a> perfect, <laughs> <laughs> so you have three to four seconds yeah. to, to, to read the defense. Mm -hmm. You know from the pass play, and you are this architecture student. We're not going to let you off the hook no, there. No, no. You, know, you, know, you know the, uh, the, the trapezoids out there, where, who's going where. Yes. And you have a couple of seconds to drop back and ascertain who you're going to throw the ball to, who's open, who's more likely going to be open. Because yep. sometimes you're throwing the ball to someone anticipating they're going to be open once the ball gets there. Yep. You throw the ball to a spot mm -hmm. very often. Very often. Unless it's a broken play and they come back to you. It's a comeback and someone's improvising. Yes. What percentage of plays would you say do you throw the ball at a spot that's a preordained route and how many plays is it more improvised? What's the ratio? 
Well, well, every play is called, you know, hopefully not to have to improvise. Right. You know, you're going to call. But, but I, then I'd you're say, up against a pro defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it breaks down probably, you know, a third of the time. Who drove you nuts this season in the, in the in defensive backfield? What team drove okay. you insane? Ed Reed on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah, because, you know, there's a stru- you're taught there's a structure to defense. You know, if one guy's blitzing, that someone else should be covering his spot. If, sure. If, if you're playing, you know, cover three, three guys divided. There's a consequence for everything they do. Yeah, then, then you should have, you know, a corner on the right, a safety in the middle of the field, and another corner on the left. Ed Reed, you know, he's everywhere. He, you know, he's down on the box. He's on the line of scrimmage. He's he's running. He he's responsible for the middle zone, and he's all the way over. And he's know, a warlock. Right. Yeah, he's 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 a renegade. But 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 he does it, I think, because he, he understands football so well and studies the offense. You know, he says, okay, I know when they're in this formation, there's there, these these, And that's five. an innate skill people have. That's just a God-given skill they have. I think. I think it is, but I also think he works at it and sure. watches film both, and, yeah. and, and knows, you know, and, and studies and, and has played for so long. That but that's what I want to ask you. How much do you think that people, it's innate? Like when you watch football, you see people do things that other people don't do. You see yeah. magic happen. When you watch, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to date myself obviously because I'm talking about guys from from you know mm-hmm. the glory days of when I was watching NFL you know constantly. I, I got a lot of, you know a, a little less time to watch every Sunday now, but I, I catch a game every weekend or, or or the highlights. But like if you watch Sanders and you watch someone move the way Sanders, yeah. you say nobody does that. When you watch Namath, what made Namath Namath, in spite of all of his uh, notoriety, you never saw somebody throw the ball on the dead run to their receiver. Maynard never had to break stride. Yeah. And, he, and, and that ball would hit him in the tips of his fingers on the dead run, and he would take it into the end zone, yeah. which a lot of guys have to come back to the ball or whatever. they got to jump up and do, yeah. the, to do the ballet move for the ball. You see people, and it's work, but do you look at them sometimes and say, it's just God-given, it's genetic with some of these people? Yeah, yeah. They just have gifts, the mental as well as physical. Yes, I think you do. I, and at least once a week, it seems like you're watching film of, and you stop and say, "How did that person do that?" You know, there's no hope for me in this league. These guys, you know, who were QBs you grew up admiring? Uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton. Love Peyton. Uh, still a big fan of Peyton. Sure. Um, Steve McNair, you know, who, who's since passed away. Uh, but but he he was a tough guy who could sling the ball o- all over the field. So those two. What guys. What do you admire most about Peyton? You 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 had the tough job, obviously, of replacing Peyton. Yeah, no, I always admired how uh, how Peyton commanded everything. Yeah. Uh, never was, quit. Like, yeah, never quit, and was like a never general quit. out there. Got three minutes it. left. We're down by eighteen <laughs> points. So what? Yeah, so he was fun to watch, and he seemed like he knew where everybody was going all the time. Yeah, there was no surprises sp- for him. Every you know, it was like everything was. So well rehearsed that it, that it happened, and whatever the defense put out there, there was no, there was so no. So you're chance. very young. You're how old now? Twenty three. <laughs> oh Not God. supposed to laugh at that. You're twenty three. I'm old enough to be your father. He's only twenty three, but Andrew Luck has been working toward this moment for more than a decade. In a minute, we'll hear about what kind of football Luck prefers and the strength training he thinks is most important. I think your core and your ass is, is yeah, where so much power. You can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe, they yeah, say. Where so much power is generated. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. But We Loved is a podcast about queer history. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, your host. 
Growing up, I thought being gay was the worst thing I could ever be. The gay history I learned was tragic. Jerry had died of AIDS, and it's like, what is happening? It was survival. That's why it's called survival sex. But as I interviewed queer elders, I realized there was another history that I had never been taught, a history of courage and perseverance. I wanted to take control of my story and not be ashamed of it. And it was a history full of love. The joy we found in saying husband again and again and again was incredible. And while learning this new queer history from my elders, I realized they had so much wisdom to pass down. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. For My Heart Podcast, I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and this is But We Loved. Listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Growing up, Andrew Luck went to school in Europe. His father, a former quarterback himself, led the World League of American Football, the NFL's experiment with starting a league abroad. When his father changed jobs and the family landed in Houston, Andrew was ready to play ball himself. At age 14, Andrew attended the Manning Passing Academy in Louisiana. So, you know, the, the Manning family, obviously, sort of the first family of quarterbacks, of course. you know, in, in, the, in this league. Uh, you know, so I was in eighth grade in Houston, and uh, I went to the camp as a as a camper. And it's held in uh, 
This mm-hmm. this was held. Louisiana. It's in Louisiana. It used to be I, Hammond, Louisiana, was where I went as a, as a camper, and you, know, you stayed stayed in these dorms. It looked like like Soviet era, <laughs> like uh, you know, old gray, you know, no AC. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like a, not in the a, summertime? Yeah, in the no. summertime. Oh, it was hot. So it summer was, in Louisiana, and you're in the eighth hot. grade. Yeah, in the great, living in the cinder block. It's one of the early know, tests of your doors. character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, we had a blast, and I think I was on cloud nine when Archie Manning came up and oh said, how you God. doing, son? I played with your dad. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in heaven. Oh, you know, my God. Shoot me now. <laughs> I, I've lived. Then... Then you, you, know, you go to you go to college, uh, whatever, and they invite all these college quarterbacks to come down and be counselors. And I think it's, it's a great thing. It's a, it's a great way to meet you know thirty other quarterbacks around around you know the NCAA and, and get to know them. So I went down the two, the past or my last two years of college and you know got to know the Manning family obviously a little better through that and a bunch of bunch of quarterbacks from 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 college. So it, was it's Kaepernick at that camp? Kaepernick was at that camp. I got to I got to know Colin there a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot a lot of guys, and it, it's fun. It, it really is fun, and it's, it's and it's a unique opportunity because it, it's not often you're around your peers in a, in a in a relaxed setting like that. When you want to work on your passing skills, and by that I don't mean the timing and, and, and reading offenses, the mechanics of you throwing. Yeah. What's your uh, primary set of exercises and work you do? Did you have a coach? When you got to the pros, did they come in, as they often do, and dissect your throwing motion and get into the whole mechanics of your throwing again? Not, not in the pros. They didn't. You know, I, think, I think there's a thought that if you've made it this far, don't, don't change your throwing motion. You've they done didn't. it millions so of times. So it's not like Tebow where they're coming to you. No. I mean, you're not Tebow, but I'm saying people have the assumption that yeah. in the pros, they want to strip you down and say, okay, let's start all over again. Yeah. They didn't need to. They didn't feel they needed to reteach you how to throw the football. No, absolutely not. Right. Which, which I'm very thankful for because I, I, I don't think I would have handled it very well. <laughs> got, got, <laughs> you know, and I think I think quarterbacks are are very particular about their own motion and, right. and, and a little bit anal. You know, about, sure. this is the way I throw the ball. Right. This is the way it's because what pri- muscles do you think bunch. you had to develop? And if you wanted to improve yeah. when you were younger, when you added 25 yeah. pounds, when you wanted to muscle up and strengthen up, because uh-huh. I said to Joe Montana once, where I was doing a film and Montana came to yeah. visit the director on the set. Cool. And I had the quickest, most fleeting conversation. It wasn't very real. I said to him, I go, what was your strength training? He said, I avoided weights as much as possible. I didn't want to get muscled up. He said, I took medical tubing. Yeah. Like hose, and I put a strap in a doorway, and I just did the throwing motion over and over, yeah. you know, like a thousand times yeah. with this tension thing, just to strengthen the uh, the, the rotator, shoulder, and the rotator shoulder. Cuff, yeah. and what, what exercises do you think you have to strengthen your legs and your back as much as your upper body to throw I do. football? I think uh, I think your core and your ass is is yeah. where so you much. You can't shoot a cannon out of a canoe. They yeah. say <laughs> where so much power is generated, uh, and I think that's that's so yeah. a lot of leg training, a lot of leg training, a lot of weight core training, training or run training. Uh, I hate running, right. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you, you have to do it. But I, I think it's more weight and just rotation. It's almost like golfers, you know. You're you're very one- and boxing and boxing. You're very one sided. It's almost like you throwing know? a right cross. You know what I mean? Because you, cause yeah, you, you throw that punch, you got to yeah, rotate that hip step, into the punch. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, and 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 you become very one sided. You're always torquing in in the same direction, so making sure you're to your even, left. Yeah, so you're making sure you're evening out. You know, your right side of the body, right. uh, per se. But but I, I I and that's something that I that I learned more, you know, of in college and in the league is, you know, how important your lower body is to throwing. I would play in sandlot pickup games with my friends. And of course, when you play for fun with guys when you're, you know, uh, when I'm in my 30s and 40s, just for fun, uh, half the guys bring their own favorite ball. 
<laughs> and the ball is deflated or inflated to the yeah. level they prefer. The ball is scuffed to the level they prefer. Yes. And when you pick up a ball in the NFL, forget about weather conditions. Is the ball always a crisp, waxy, brand new ball? Or do they allow you to treat the ball the way you want to for your preference? I, I hate the crisp, waxy ball so out I, of yeah, the box. I can't stand, can't, can't stand it. There's a, our, our equipment managers for the Colts, uh, Frog, T, and Danny, the three great guys that, that work with their quarterbacks. They have they have a top secret protocol for 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 the to treat the ball, treating the balls. It, it, and it's secret. They sure. won't tell me. I don't think they told yeah. Peyton when he left. I, we, I know what yeah. it is. By the way, I'm going to tell you. Please, it's they, they pee on it. It's their own <laughs> urine. They use their own urine to strip the waxy film off. Who, who was the baseball player that used to pee on his hands to avoid calluses? Right? It was a Cubs player. Like, yeah, but, but I know. I've seen So the, they I, have a patented top secret. It's like the formula for Coca-Cola, and then the football's treated. But you do treat the ball. You do. And it, it's not out of the box. It's not out of the box. And, I, and I've seen different stages of it. Like, I know, I know they put the balls in the, 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 st- the sauna for, like, a, a couple minutes. That They're allowed to do that. Something about that. The I league guess. allows them to treat the ball. They, they do. They do. And do I, does every team get to use their own ball? Like, mm-hmm. when, when you come out on offense, we go get the box. We go open the crate of your opponent's balls. Everyone brings their own ball on yeah. the field, as long as it's the approved ball. Yes. And, and, and from what I understand, it used to not be that way. It used to be like there was a certain, you know, all the balls for game day were open an hour before, and, and each team used the same ball. But I think uh, I think Peyton and, and Tom Brady sort of, this was before my time, I was sure, led a, led a yeah coalition against that and yeah. got it changed where teams can use, you know, What about the inflation balls. level of the ball? Does the ball have to be inflated to a certain pound? Uh, yeah, I, I think it does. And referees check it and they mark the balls off before sure, the, the balls have to be which, approved in one way, yeah. but you're allowed to treat the exterior of the ball. Yeah. That's amazing. So when you're there and you're throwing the ball, is it completely unconscious? Or when you throw the ball and, and you think you're ineffective, do you sometimes say to yourself, even at the pro level, that you've got to go back to a basic you've got to remember? You're bringing the ball in behind your ear. What are you going to do? What's the firing sequence in your yeah. mind of throwing a pass? Yeah, I think it, you don't want to think about you it. Don't, you don't. No, you don't. And that's – well, I shouldn't say ever. When, when you st- if, you, if you're going on a string and, and balls are dying on you and you're saying, why, why – What if why? you're having a shitty day and you're not throwing the ball well? Yeah, I think that that's when you when – you, when you, Maybe not during the day, but afterwards. How do you hit the refresh button? Yeah, you look at the film and you say, what am I doing different than, right. than, than what I did? do you see sometimes you did? Yeah, yeah, I think what so. What did you do differently? I think, oh, look, you know, you're dropping the ball too low. And, right. it's, and, and it's elongating your whole wind up. You know, it's almost like a pitcher now instead right. of a quarterback, you yeah. know, instead of throwing a football. Uh, and, you, and, you know, and that's what's causing you to be late on all your routes. You know, make sure, you right. know, try, so, so that, that we can practice. You're going to work on keeping that ball, you know, higher and, 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 and maybe shortening that, that motion. Uh so I think you, you still tweak it every now and then if, if, if it's not working out and if you feel like it, you know, it's inhibiting you from, from doing, you know, from being better. Um, for fans like myself, when we watch you play pro football and you're doing your job and you're just humming that ball out there, you're, you're, you're hitting that ball, first downs, whatever, and the other guy drops the ball. <laughs> Does he come back and apologize to you? Uh, every now and then. D- different guys are different. Right. Uh, you know, I – I probably apologize too much for throwing interceptions <laughs> to, to the guys on the line because I know they get fed up when they're blocking their butts off against yeah. some werewolf of a defensive end, and they're doing a great job. And, oh, yeah, their quarterback throws an interception. Good job, QB. Uh, but, you know, some guys apologize. Some guys don't. It's just the nature of the game that we're humans, you know. Human errors occur. Let's talk about the season, and I'll talk about it, uh, the season beginning, actually, when the season ends. So your season ended. Yeah. And you guys did not go to the Super Bowl. Yes. And you were eliminated by the super, from playing in the Super Bowl. How? We were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs by the Ravens. 
which is no fun. And you don't prepare for, you know, the end of the season. Because you're in the play, you, you want to go to the Super Bowl. So sure. you think there's more to go. Yeah. So you show up. So you show up Monday, and you, you get know, a few more room. blank pages on your schedule. Yeah, you, you do. You sure. really do. And you show up Monday, and it's guys are cleaning their lockers out. It's very similar trash, to the film business. Too, trash yeah. bags. Uh, you, you're saying, well, well, you know, all right, see you, man. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe you're in back next year. Maybe you're not. Maybe you know, not. It's, it, you, you don't know. Uh, so, so it's odd. And then I remember sitting around for a couple of days, saying, you know. Uh, all right, I got to get out of town. I, I got to, you know, I can't sit around in my apartment and, and leave. So I went to Sundance Film Festival. How was that? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was a nice way to ski. Uh, no, I can't uh, ski contractually. Okay. That's no, a, I understand. That's yeah. a no, no. Yeah, no motorcycles. No, but, but had a great time there and a nice way to sort of get away. It's yeah, not, not, not the crowd that recognizes football players too much. So it was a nice right. way to, to get away, which yeah. now I'm blowing my cover, I'm sure. Yeah. For, for next year. <laughs> yeah, be careful out here. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully next year we're, we're in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'll travel a little bit overseas somewhere. I was going to say, yeah. do you still have a bug for Europe? Having I, grown do. Up over there? I do. I do. I think I have a... You I lived think, in London too, right? I lived in London, Frankfurt, Dusseldorf, uh, some suburbs outside Frankfurt. When you go over there, what do you like to do? I see the sights like any other tourist. I think I'm going to go back and look at all, you know, Is what you're trying to say? Do you have cards. a girlfriend over there? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, the girlfriend's coming with me oh, okay, over there. there. You go. <laughs> oh, I understand. So it's a couple of gondolas with your girlfriend. We get it. We understand what you're saying. A couple of drinks here yeah, and there. It's very romantic over there. Yeah, I, get exactly. I get the picture. Do a little shopping. Yeah. But nah, no shopping. I, I can't stand shopping. For your girlfriend, I mean. She'll, she'll go, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Andrew Luck has other things on his mind besides shopping. He wants to relearn German in the off-season, and of course, he's hoping to bring a championship back to Indianapolis. Still young. I got, hopefully, got some time, and it, it gives you a little motivation for next season. Because there's a not, part not of you that there. really is looking forward to getting back. Yeah, there is, it, and it, that'll continue to grow as the off-season sort sure. of goes After along. After a few more gondola trips with that girlfriend, <laughs> <of yours. laughs> they'll, be, they'll, they'll be sick of each other and ready to go work out again. <laughs> this is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. 
Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.